Hi, I'm Tanya Estes, and welcome to Tales from the Moon Tower, a podcast that brings you stories about Texas history that you never got in school, including unsung heroes, amazing ladies, myths, legends, true crime, and tales that still haunt us. Today, I interview Emily Collins with the Susanna Dickinson Museum in Austin, Texas. We talk about Susanna's role in Texas history and what you can learn by visiting her charming house nestled in the middle of downtown Austin. If you like Tales from the Moon Tower and you want more information, you can follow us at www.talesfromthemoontower.com or you can follow Tales from the Moon Tower on Facebook or Instagram. I would also like to thank Oakwood Cemetery for letting us use the newly refurbished chapel to record our interview. If you visit Oakwood Cemetery, stop by Susanna Dickinson's grave where you can read her historical marker and visit one of the most famous women in Texas history. And now, on to the show. My name is Emily Collins. I work with Brush Square Museums. Um, Most often I work with the Susanna Dickinson Museum. Uh, Susanna Dickinson was one of about 21 survivors of the Battle of the Alamo and uh, she lived in Austin with her fifth and final husband. Uh, Joseph Honig. Uh, He was a businessman here in Austin. He had a furniture shop. Uh, He was also an undertaker uh, and he was a city alderman. Um, So the Susanna Dickinson Museum kind of tells both of their stories Uh and we highlight other aspects of Susanna's life, other aspects of early Austin, Mm -hmm. Texas history in general. Um, And Susanna Dickinson was important to Texas history in that she was known as the messenger of the Alamo. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what that means is after the Alamo had fallen, uh, she had survived. She took shelter uh, in the uh, sanctuary of the Mm -hmm. church. Um, And she was chosen by the Mexican general Santa Ana Mm -hmm. after the Alamo had fallen to take the note to Sam Houston and his troops in Gonzales, Texas uh, to um, explain that the Alamo had fallen. And that spurred what was called the runaway scrape, um, which was a fleeing of St. Houston and his troops, as well as people who were, lived in Gonzales. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a pivotal point in the Texas Revolution. Uh, so that's why we, rec- we recognize Susanna today. Wow, wow. I think runaway scrape is quite a, a good name, but it's Isn't not it? one we hear very often. <laughs> so um, people also refer to her as the mother of the Alamo. So you want to tell us about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Um, so Susanna Dickinson. At the time of the Alamo, uh, she had a 15-month-old infant, Angelina. Uh, her husband was fighting in the uh, battle, and he died during the battle, but she survived alongside her infant daughter, Angelina. Um, and that's why she's kind of known as the mother of the babe of the Alamo. Um, but I think it's important also to note that there were other children that survived yes. the Battle of the Alamo mm-hmm. as well. Uh, there were lots of families that also took shelter in the church mm-hmm. at that time. Well. I think it's important that you talk about that because I think we have a very romanticized, um, or at least Texas in general has always had a very romanticized version of Alamo history. Um, and I know, for example, that they just found so many um, people that were buried that were unnamed, like beneath the grounds and everything. So um, I appreciate that you said that as well. As, um, particularly the you know the Latin American community, if you grew up in Texas, the only thing we ever learned, and that was one of the reasons why I started the podcast, but because you know we have one very tiny version of Texas history in our head, and um, you know my representation was nothing more than the bad guys at the Alamo, and then you really never heard anything else about who we were. So, <laughs> um, so she wasn't the only mother, but she's the one that people know. 
Right, exactly. And if you if you come to the Susanna Dickinson Museum, we have uh, a list of survivors on the wall. It's the first thing you see when oh, you walk good. in and you turn to the left. Uh, we have a list of survivors and their families, uh, as complete as we know it for right now. Lots of different history books disagree on who did and did not survive the Alamo. Mm. Um, so it, it's kind of up to who you read mm-hmm. um, uh, as to who's going to, going to say who survived right. and who didn't. Right. Um, but we're constantly doing research yeah. and we constantly welcome people who do their own research to come in mm-hmm. and uh, talk with us about it. So if they want to find you, where are they going to find this house? So our address is 411 East 5th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, we are right across the street from the Hilton. Mm-hmm. And this uh, is in Austin, Texas, guys, not San yes. Antonio, as you would expect. Right. We're, right. we're talking about the Alamo. <laughs> um, yes, it's a little white rubble rock house. Mm-hmm. Um, it was renovated and it was actually moved from where the Hilton Hotel is. They moved it in the early 2000s. Okay. And they renovated it and opened it as a museum in 2010. Now, is that the, was the one where the Hilton is now the original location of that house? Yes, it was. Okay. Um, and after Susanna lived there, it was actually a couple of businesses as well. Oh. It was an auto shop at one point. <laughs> Which is, if, you, if you look at just the charming, beautiful like look of the home, it's hard to think about it right. as an auto shop. Um, and it was also the Pitt Barbecue Restaurant up until... Oh. Oh, really? the 80s. Yes. Uh, that restaurant ran for a couple of decades, I believe from the 40s to the 80s. Wow. Um, and then after that restaurant closed down, the house was pretty much abandoned. Mm. Um, and when they went to construct the Hilton, it kind of came to the forefront of everybody's minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started to become recognized as Susanna Dickinson's house because before then, it might have been sort of the talk of the town a little yeah. bit, but it was just kind of word of mouth thing. Yeah. Um, and then people started to take note of it as a historical site. It was her home, though, once upon it was. a time. Yeah. Uh, that home was built in 1869. Mm-hmm. Um, it was built to replace uh, Susanna and Joseph Honigs, her fifth husband's. It was built to replace their first home in Austin okay. that was washed away by the great flood of the Colorado River oh. in 1869. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lived in that home for about four years, 1869 to 1873. Mm-hmm. And then they moved to a um, bigger house, sort of a mansion-style home, from mm-hmm. what I'm told, uh, over in the Hyde Park area, which mm-hmm. at the time was farmland, but now uh, some of the listeners might know it's residential. There's some businesses around there as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that home uh, is no longer standing, unfortunately. Okay. I do feel like I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, um, and maybe this is just the ghost stories or whatever that are attached to it, but I feel like they say that this was like her favorite of the homes that she lived in, because this was also a later marriage for her as well. Right. Um, this home... Well, to get into that, we can kind of go back a little bit into her life story. She opened a uh, bed and breakfast in Lockhart, Mm -hmm. and that's where she met Joseph. Um, And before then, she was, like I said, she was married five times. Mm -hmm. Um, So she kind of had to marry, when you're a frontier woman like that, you kind of marry for financial stability. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was able, after she got the land grant from uh, from her husband's service to the Republic, Mm from the Alamo, she was able to open that bed and breakfast. So from the husband that she was married to at the Alamo, she was able to open the bed and breakfast in Lockhart. Yes. Yeah. She received a land grant from from the government for that. And she was able to separate from these husbands that she had kind of married out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she fell in love with Joseph Honig. Now, I understand that was her true love. Like, uh, at least from what I've read, that's what everyone says. The legend goes that um, he tasted her cooking and said, I have to marry her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I could taste her cooking probably and think the same thing. So So she married Joseph and eventually they um, moved out. And he was much younger than she was. Yes. He was about 20 years younger than her. Yeah. So um, uh, 
he outlived her by a little bit as her well. Her cooking was really good, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hospitality was her forte. Uh-huh. Um, she couldn't read nor write. Mm. Uh, so but she was a businesswoman. That's but amazing. she was a businesswoman. She was very business savvy. Um, her and Joseph, uh, what's interesting is all four of her marriages before Joseph, she never signed over any of her financial assets, big or small. <gasps> she um, was so smart. But with Joseph, mm-hmm. they combined their resources. Mm. And Joseph invested them really well. Um, and in part, that was the reason that they were able to sort of build that home. Joseph designed and helped to build that home over on Fifth Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a German-style house. Yeah. Uh, Joseph was a German immigrant. And it has, uh, if you go into the home, you'll see it has these big, thick walls. It's a very substantial home. So I would definitely agree with that, that it would probably be one of her most favorite houses. It's adorable. I mean, it it's is. just such a charming little environment. You it know? is, yeah. And I say little because it's next to all of the downtown Austin huge right. buildings, but it's right. still, it's in, a, in its original form, and so it's so small by comparison. Right. But it's also, yeah, it's in like beautiful condition and I mean I know it was restored you said it was restored um when it was those businesses the interior walls were um you know in different configurations but and to be a barbecue place and to be an auto place it's got to be undone a little bit so (laughs) um and thankfully through archaeological research we were able to figure out where the walls were okay um originally so the walls have been reconstructed if you go to the home the front and the front has been redone but the back and sides Mm -hmm. are original Mm -hmm. um there's other parts of the home that are original. The base, the basic skeleton of the house mm-hmm. is the original mm-hmm. skeleton of the house. So what's the objective of the museum? What do you all do? Do you do like education outreach or what do you, what do you all do? So we do a variety of different things. We have, um, we have a rotating gallery right now. Mm-hmm. We are featuring... Oh, I didn't know it rotated. Yes. Yeah. Every okay. couple of months we have a different exhibit. Uh, right now our exhibit is in association with the AVA Fest. The, wow. Uh, I didn't Art realize Fest. that you all did that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's every couple of months. Um, and the exhibit that we're, we have right now uh, features uh, art from veterans and their families. Mm-hmm. And it also has information about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and the mm-hmm. history of post-traumatic stress disorder and trauma. Um, Susanna didn't, she, she wasn't in combat, but she definitely had a uh, life had, that was affected yeah. by war and trauma. Sure. Um, so that's definitely relevant to us. Okay. Um, so we focus not only on Susanna and Susanna's story, okay. but about Texas history, about oh. things that might um, sort of be contingent to Susanna's life. Okay, so no, I didn't realize that you all had a broader, you know, beyond just her. So yes. that's actually really interesting. So if you have a general interest in Texas history, you know, this is certainly one of the places that you can go, not yes. just the Bullock. Yeah, and we also have the Texana Research Library. Um, it's a non-circulating library, meaning you can't check out books, right. um, but you're welcome to come to our library and uh, take advantage of any of the books that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're welcome to sit in our research room uh, as long as you'd like, uh, we're open 12 to 5, Wednesday through Sunday. Awesome. And, uh, Are there any digital um, elements to your collection that people can access from home if they don't live in Austin? Yes. Uh, we have our collection actually online uh, through a service called Pass Perfect. Okay. Um, and you can access that through the City of Austin website if you okay. go to the City of Austin um, page for Susanna Dickinson. Okay. So the City of Austin page, not necessarily like you don't need an Austin public library card to access it. Exactly. Okay. Correct. Okay. Good. Because that, that could be confusing for some people if you don't right. have an Austin Public Library card, you can't access their archives, but you can right. access yours because it's through the city. So. Exactly. Okay, great. So what do you have next? You have this exhibit now. What's something else we can look forward to? Do you have something down the pipeline? Yeah, we're doing a actually a couple of
of holiday exhibits, well not exhibits, but events. Yeah. We've got a couple of things up our sleeve for the holiday season. I would definitely stay updated. We've got Facebook as okay. well, Facebook and Instagram as well. Okay, good, so um, we can follow you there. Exactly, mm-hmm. so the City of Austin website as well as uh, social media, you can keep abreast of all of our holiday events. And our next exhibit uh, will be opening in spring. Um, so keep an eye out for that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a secret. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So I know that you know this is primarily going to be um, an episode about Suzanne Dickinson and her home, but you also do the Ho Henry House. So yes. they, I want people to know that they're right next door to each other. Yes. Uh, so we are sister museums. Uh, together yeah. we're Brush Square Museums. Uh, o. Henry was a short story writer uh, known for his uh, twist endings. He mm-hmm. a couple of uh, famous titles would be The Ransom of Red Chief uh, and Gift of the Magi, which is also a very popular Christmas story. It is a holiday Uh, story, yes, absolutely. Um, And uh, he uh, actually lived in that home before he became Oh, he became O. Henry. Right, his, right. his name is William Sidney Porter, mm-hmm. um, but his pen name is O. Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he was in Austin, he worked for a variety of different businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked as a pharmacist, uh, and he also worked for um, the bank here in Austin. Mm-hmm. And he got tied up in a little bit of trouble with the bank. A little bit. Just I saw a little that bit. Much <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so uh, Will Porter was accused of embezzlement, mm-hmm. and... What's interesting about that is in early Austin, things were often done on a handshake. Mm -hmm. You know, he might, uh, bank tellers might, you know, take $5 and say that they're going to pay it back. Yes. They may or may not. Um, And it wasn't just Will Porter who would do this. No, there's a Travis County treasurer who uh, got in some big trouble for embezzling that way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So he wound up fleeing from Austin, Mm -hmm. uh, leaving behind his... uh, daughter Margaret and his wife Athel mm. he fled to Honduras mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, a lot of his most famous stories are I believe um, his wife is buried here his Oakwood. wife is yeah. buried in Oakwood Cemetery yes mm-hmm. uh, so is Susanna Dickinson and mm-hmm. Joseph Honig as well as Susanna's uh, granddaughter Susie Sterling now um, Susanna Dickinson let's go back to her um, her husband is it Honig because I've always said Hanig and I guess that's wrong <laughs> um it's I've heard it both ways. Okay. Well, he, he, as you were saying, had a furniture shop, and, an, and he was also an undertaker, because I know that pe- basically whoever worked with wood did both exactly. things. Yeah. So, but his building downtown is also very famous. Yes. Uh, his building uh, now houses B.D. Riley's Irish Pub. Yes. Um, as well as a couple of office spaces that are still called the Honig offices. I mean, that is in the middle of downtown. Yes, so, it is. Yeah. 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 And if you look at that building, um, I believe it's at the corner of Brazos and sixth mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong um but it says jw honig across the top yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. It's, it's still the it's, name is still there name is still there it's yeah. very easy to find okay is there anything about Susanna that people don't know that you want people to know hmm. i think that she would like to be known more more for other aspects of her life than simply the alamo mm-hmm. and she definitely did help out a lot of Alamo survivors by doing testimony oh, um, okay. for wow. them and um, you know lots of people benefited from her uh, witness of the battle mm-hmm. and what went on there um, but like I said she was also a very hospitable lady yeah. uh, she, I'm just so impressed that she was such a good business person without right. the ability to read or write definitely definitely and um, I'm sure she was very glad to have uh 
a partner in Joseph mm -hmm. that would help her with investing and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I really think they were quite a dynamic duo. Um, and later in her life, she became very religious. She oh. was a woman of faith uh, toward the end of her life. Uh, I think that would be a really interesting thing to pinpoint that not a lot of people might know about Susanna. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just come learn about her whole yeah, life. You know, yeah. the Alamo was only a couple of weeks. Yes, in that's right. The life of, you know, she lived to be about seventy years old, mm -hmm. which was pretty old for the time. For the time, absolutely. Yeah, she uh, she lived a very long life. Mm -hmm. All right, Emily. Well, thank you so much for talking with Tales from the Moon Tower today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Glad I could be of help. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into Tales from the Moon Tower. If you like this episode, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Each review helps people find the show. You can connect with us at www.talesfromthemoontower.com or you can visit us on Instagram and Facebook. The link to our Redbubble shop is on the website if you want to help support the podcast with fun merch like shirts and stickers. That's our show and thank you for listening.